Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Livestream Sunday School for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio. Thank you for joining me this morning. My name is Melvin Gaines. It is 9.30 a.m. Eastern, 6.30 a.m. Pacific Time. We welcome you and welcome everyone, uh, including members, people who are not members of Akron Alliance Fellowship. <clears throat> Pardon me. I'm going to go ahead and get started with some music so we can get uh, going here while we allow people to jump on with us. Alfred Street Baptist Church, <clears throat> I want to praise you. And uh, it's a great song. We appreciate you being here this morning. God bless you. Good morning, Brother Roscoe. Amen. Thanks for being here. It's time to get going. Good morning, Ann and Larry. It's a little bit different version, but it's a good one. Clorinda, good morning. Thank you for joining us this morning. Happy Labor Day weekend, everybody. Try to stay cool if I can here. All that moving around, that's all it is. <laughs> Good morning. I know. I know. <clears throat> hey, Ronnie. Good morning. Thanks for being with us. Charles, good morning as well. I'm going to assume you're in the background. Amen. Coffee. Take your allergy meds. I'm gonna do that when I get when I get done for the day. I'll get for the done, done with this anyway, right here. Good 
They're singing at the right pitch for people with nondescript voices like me. Jackie, I sure can. We'll do that after this, after the music, okay? Sorry to hear that. Amen. Amen. He is worthy of our honor and glory and praise. Indeed. Uh, thank you very much. Again, that was uh, the Alfred Street Baptist Church, the I want Just Want to Praise You, <clears throat> their version of the song. There's a lot of versions out there. And that was a pretty nice one there. Um, we're going to go ahead and pray for uh, Jackie's aunt who passed on. And Pardon me? And the family. And, yeah, and for the whole family, of course. But uh, <clears throat> let's go ahead and pray right now. Father, you are indeed the one who is in control of our lives, and we don't always understand everything that happens. <clears throat> we do know indeed, Lord, that we are not going to live here forever. We're going to be in a place eventually. Our bodies, our souls are going to be with you, or they won't be. But, Lord, we pray right now for uh, Jackie's aunt. We pray for the family right now, Lord, that you would give them peace and comfort right now. Uh, with the understanding that you indeed are the one who knows all about our lives and knows where we are right now and, and also know those who just need a closer and more vibrant relationship with you. We pray that you'll give them peace. We pray that you'll give them comfort. We pray that you'll give them understanding as well, too. We thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing and all that you continue to do. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Jackie, again, our, our condolences. We have, I'm sorry to hear about uh, your aunt. We <clears throat> certainly understand that um, prayer is appropriate at a time like this because we want to pray. And I did kind of mention uh, a little bit in the prayer, uh, uh, your aunt is in a place right now, in a better place, but we want to pray for the family especially. We want to make sure that they're aware of the importance of acknowledging uh, Jesus as Lord and Savior. And that's the whole purpose of the prayer. And we thank you for giving us uh, the ability to do that right now. Uh, we have some announcements we want to make. We want to go ahead and do that now. First of all, um, Pastor Gus has a message available online after Sunday school is over. It'll be here in this same timeline on the Akron Alliance Fellowship Facebook page. We appreciate you tuning in to, if you're not coming to church to, uh, with us today, tuning in to his message, Jesus in David's Seat. It is the um, from what I understand, it is the uh, closing message regarding the end times that he is putting forth that uh, will uh, conclude the discussion of Revelation chapter 20 and spills over into 21 as well, too, about uh, the end times. And we just pray that uh, uh, you trust everything that's being said because it is God's word. He has said that he is going to, for example, give us the millennium, which is when Jesus... And all believers on earth will uh, will be presiding and ruling on earth. Uh, and that's something that we need to understand and see. We don't know exactly how that's going to shake out. We just know that a millennium means a thousand years. That's a long time uh, by our measurement. And so we pray that uh, you gain understanding from what Pastor Gus is mentioning in his message. And, of course, if you're coming to the church today in Akron, you'll see that message live and in person. We appreciate you being here uh, nonetheless. So that's coming up on the timeline after the after the Sunday school class right now. Uh, please remember your tithes and offerings. We, <clears throat> we appreciate very much that you 
remember that because it's important. We have to run a church. <clears throat> we have to do what's necessary to make sure that the church is operating and that we're able to uh, function in such a matter where uh, we're taking care of the utilities, the bills, and all the other essentials that are necessary to run the building. Um, and we just appreciate you uh, keeping that in mind. If you are mailing your uh, uh, the, the, the tithe or offering to us, please mail it to Akron Alliance Fellowship, 688 Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio, 44320. We appreciate you doing that. And we just, again, we are thankful for everybody who's been contributing. We know that it's been one of those things where it's been a church experience. It's been a little bit different, but yet you've still been managed to be able to jump on with us online. Okay. And um, it's going to show backwards in the, in the camera, but I'll just mention, I'll mention it. Um, but uh, we, <clears throat> we appreciate you doing that nonetheless. We do have a Bible study coming up um, in September. September 18th. September the 18th uh, at church at 5 o'clock. And it is going to be Faithful, Abundant, True. Um, three Lives Going Deeper Still. This is a, uh, it's a, it's a recording. Uh, it's going to be a video and also some topical discussion. It's going to happen once a month starting in September on the 18th. That's a Sunday. That's two Sundays from now. And we appreciate you being here. We've got the materials right here. Uh, we just want to make sure that everybody, the, it's the ladies' study. So any, all of the ladies uh, here who have never been to our church, perhaps you want to come and visit us on, at 5 o'clock uh, on a Sunday afternoon. We are, we're looking forward to having you on September the 18th. Once a month, third Sunday. Once a month on third Sundays. That's the way it's going to be. The third Sunday of every month we're going to have this study. And it's really a very, very uh, easy study to do. It's just something that we encourage people just to stay in the Word and get in the Word. And this is just another way to do it that we're going to be putting forth. So we welcome you, Faithful, Abundant, True. That's going to be the third Sunday, starting this coming uh, Sunday, September the 18th, the Ladies' Study. We appreciate you participating with that. And my, my lovely bride, who also assists here with the broadcast, Lynn Gaines, is going to be presiding over that. So we appreciate you, uh, your patronage with that. Amen? Okay. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning, Cindy. We are going to move into Sunday school. There is... Uh, it's, uh, we're covering the book of John, chapter 1, and we're going to be in verses 43 through 51. And forgive me, I keep clearing my throat because I, I've, uh, it's one of those things where, um, that's why I said earlier, take your allergy medication, <laughs> your allergy uh, over-the-counter stuff, whatever it is, if you have allergies, because it's one of those times of years where you're just never quite sure uh, what you're going to run into outside. Uh, but we appreciate you being here nonetheless. Okay, getting back to what I was saying, we're going to go into John chapter 1, verses 43 through 51. We're covering the pre preparation of Jesus, uh, getting into his ministry, where he is now going to be choosing. He has been choosing his disciples, and the first disciples now are following him. And right now we're going to be in the section where he calls Philip and Nathaniel. Uh, that, that's going to be the section we're going to be reading or covering in John chapter 1, verses 43 through 51. And at the end of this message um, uh, regarding Sunday school, it's very important for us to see how Jesus is preparing the disciples for what they're going to be seeing as well, too, and giving us information that's going to be very helpful for us. So, everyone, turn your Bibles and electronic devices to John chapter 1, and let's take a look at this passage. And we'll, what we typically do, for those of you who are new to this 
Sunday school is that we read the passage uh, to its completion. We'll be reading in the New Living Translation, um, and we are going to then go back over the passage with some commentary. Um, this is where something like a great study Bible does have benefits uh, for you when it comes to your study, or perhaps if you're playing this back later, you can also go into the, your Bibles and look at what's being said as well, too, and just kind of take in the information more and more. And that is the beauty of Sunday school. We have these all recorded, so it's kind of nice to be able to do that. All right, so let's get into it. John chapter 1, verses 43 through 51. We'll start with verse 43. The next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Come, follow me. Philip was from Bethsaida, Andrew and Peter's hometown. Philip went to look for Nathanael and told him, We have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Verse 46. Nazareth, explained Nathanael, can anything good come from Nazareth? Come and see for yourself, Philip replied. As they approached, Jesus said, Now here is a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus replied, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. Then Nathanael exclaimed, Rabbi, you are the son of God, the king of Israel. Jesus asked him, Do you believe this just because I told you I had seen you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than this. Verse 51, Then he said, I tell you the truth, you will all see heaven open and the angels of God going up and down on the Son of Man, the one who is the stairway between heaven and earth. Okay, that covers John chapter 1, verses 43 through 51. What a wonderful passage to look at. I love the book of John. I just think it, it, just, it just speaks to me personally. I don't know what it is. It's just one of those things where uh, I was very, very compelled to, to teach this um, this book at this particular time, especially when we uh, as a people really, really need to be in the Word. If you if you really want to get in the Word and you have never started reading anywhere, the book of John is a great place to start. And, and of course, there's other uh, texts that John has written uh, in the Bible, but this one here just spells out the entire gospel of Jesus Christ. And and it, that's a great place to start for those of you who are beginners. And if you want to make a recommendation to someone where to start reading in the Bible, start reading the book of John. It's just beautifully written. It's wonderful. And I, I tell you what, I, I just think I'm just very convicted by that. So let's go back over the passage and let's take a look at John chapter 1, verse 43. Let's go back over it again. We're going to read down through to verse 46 just to, to, for a refresher here. The next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Come, follow me. Come, follow me. Let's read it the right way. Philip was from Bethsaida, Andrew and Peter's hometown. Philip went to look for Nathanael and told him, We have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Then verse 46, Nazareth, exclaimed Nathanael, Can anything good come from Nazareth? Come and see for yourself, Philip replied. Now, we have to understand something. I did not know this until literally uh, looking at this study 
and looking at the notes on this, Nazareth was despised by the Jews um, for the simple reason that a Roman army garrison was located there. So that's what the opposition was right there in the city. That's where they were camped out. That's where they were. And it wasn't a very pleasant place for many Jews. Now, other people have speculated, and this is, and it's interesting that this is mentioned in the comment, other people speculated that an aloof attitude or a poor reputation of morals and religion on the part of the people of Nazareth led to Nathaniel's harsh comment. So that's possible, but it's a speculative comment. I don't know that we really, there's nothing really mentioned like that uh, that leads to this point, but that is what is speculated. Um, but Nathaniel's hometown was Cana, which was about four miles from Nazareth. So he would have known Nazareth very well, traveling back and forth between there and his hometown. And when Nathaniel had heard that the Messiah was from Nazareth, uh, he was surprised. And Philip responded, come and see for yourself. Isn't that interesting how it's like, come and see for yourself. When, when you're not sure about something and you have an opportunity to try to figure out what the truth is uh, Jesus tells us what come and see <laughs> come and see for yourself you take a look for yourself and you make your own judgment you make your own decision about it and I think that that's what the appeal of the gospel is the gospel is there we as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ don't have to beat anybody over the head about what Jesus told us We, or Jesus says in scripture we don't have to pin anybody down or, you know, uh, tie their hands behind their back or do anything like that to get them to appreciate the gospel. We invite people to come and see for yourself. We give them the truth. And at the end of the day, that's the way the gospel should be proclaimed to everyone. We tell people to come and see. Come and see. Go and read scripture. Take a look at the book of John. Start there and start reading. And remember, our fleshliness will only see... Um, black letters on white paper we won't necessarily see anything special about it in our fleshliness but when the spirit speaks he gives us complete understanding of what god's word is and that's what we have to we have to start there all of us had to start from somewhere didn't we we all had to start from somewhere we all had to be invited to uh, understand who this jesus was and we had to do what come and see we had to go and figure it out for ourselves we, we at the end of the day people can show you all kinds of things but you have to make a decision for yourself on who, who Jesus is and recognize that. And so now if, and if Nathaniel had stuck to his prejudice without investigating further as to who Jesus was, he would have missed out on the Messiah. Now, I think that's a general comment. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think at the end of the day, Jesus knew exactly who Nathaniel was, and Jesus knew that Philip went and to get Nathaniel for a purpose of him being involved with the discipleship, with him being involved as an apostle. I think that that was something that he knew, and that's why he was able to readily say something about knowing about where he was under the fig tree. Uh, I think Nathaniel was supposed to be there. And so, but to, our, but to the point, I don't want to miss the point of what the, the comment here is making. If you don't come and see, if you don't investigate, you will miss out. You will miss out on your own you will be passing something up that is truly free. Amen? It's free. Uh, and most people get excited about something that's free, uh, like a giveaway of some sort. And, yeah, in fact, people go sometimes go bonkers over 
<laughs> something that's free. But the gospel is free. Uh, it is, really is a free message. There's nothing, um, nothing more or less than that. It is free. And we want to make sure that there are people who have given all different types of stereotypes about who Jesus is. And some people have a very, very uh, false impression of who God truly is, too. Um, we, we, because of a lack of knowledge, because of a lack of understanding, because of a lack of patience, I think that in our own fleshiness, we want to go our own way. We really don't care about anybody else <laughs> else's message. And, and I think that that's what gets people uh, detracted from seeking after Jesus Christ. And it's really because we're selfish. We, we don't really want to do anything different. Um, in our lives, we would much rather live our lives and not have anybody tell us what to do. These are all stereotypes that we have put on who Jesus is, and we don't understand uh, exactly how good he is for us. And so we wind up floundering. We wind up floundering in a place where we, re we really know that there's nothing that can fill our hearts the way Jesus can. There's nothing that can take the place of Jesus. And yet we need to make sure we understand that we don't also cause others to stumble as well, too. We don't want people to miss out on who Jesus is. Amen? We need to be giving a complete message about the gospel, that free message of who Jesus is, sharing with others about who he is in, and what he has done for us personally and how he can benefit the, the listener, uh, the person who is hearing that message. Um, we want to make sure that we're inviting people to come and see who Jesus really is. And the only way that that can, be, that can happen is that that person trusts in that, does truly come to see, and also, uh, frankly, just make sure that they are allowing the Spirit to speak to them. The Spirit is the one who's going to teach. The Spirit is going to be the one who gives us what we need for greater understanding. So just want to make sure that we all understand that. Nathaniel had to indeed go and see for himself. And he did, of course. <laughs> he thankfully did. He did say, uh, did go and see and find out who Jesus was. So let's go back now to verse 47. As they approached, Jesus said, Now here is a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity. Now I got to tell you something. If, <laughs> if somebody who I had never met walked up or, or when I approached them said these things, um, that would freak me out a little bit uh, because... Uh, I, I would just know that that person had not, did not know who I was, but in fact, Jesus knew exactly who Nathaniel was. That's what we need to understand. He knew all about who Nathaniel was before the two ever met. Now, let's think about this for a moment here. We're talking about Jesus, who knows every person, every heart, everyone who's alive right now on earth. Uh, he is the ultimate creator. Uh, and he knows all about all of us. And I think that that needs to give us a little bit of pause when we talk about who Jesus is and, and his character. That's one of the things we had to learn about Jesus when we were introduced to him many, many, many years ago or many days ago, depending upon who you are, I suppose. Um, but we had to learn that Jesus knows all about us. He knows all about me. And boy, when I think about him knowing about me, I'm like, whew, Lord, forgive me for everything <laughs> I'm very, very, uh, very conscious of that, it, and, and but I'm very humbled that he did something very special for us, which we'll talk about in just a moment. Um, what Jesus did for us is something that we could just never repay him for. 
uh, giving of himself on the cross for us. Uh, but the fact that he knows about us now, and, and we know we know understand that Jesus knows what we're really like, <laughs> what we're really like as a person. And you know what? Uh, praise the Lord if if Jesus says that you're a man of integrity, um, that you're a son of Israel, uh, that you follow him, that you're devout. Um, what a praise that would be, right? And you really want to, wouldn't want to hear anything less than that <laughs> if you're if you're having a meeting with Jesus Christ. That's for sure. But uh, interestingly enough, if you are really honest about who you are, you're going to be very comfortable about what Jesus says about you. If you know who you are as a person and you know what he's done uh, for you, you're going to just be in awe if you were to meet with him face to face. And and um, that's it's really important for us to understand. And if you're... If you're not, if you're a dishonest person, you're not going to be very comfortable with who Jesus is. You're going to dislike the fact that he knows about your dishonesty. He's not going to care. You're not going to care very much for him about that. But it doesn't change the fact that you're a dishonest person. <laughs> so you need to understand the reality. The truth is, is the truth is the truth. Amen. We have to go back and look at that. Listen, do me a favor and turn your Bibles and electronic devices to Romans chapter 8. And Romans verse one, verses one and two. We I I read across this ran across this in the devotions this morning, and of course earlier in Romans chapter six, that's the passage where it says the wages of sin is death, but the uh, the gift of life is in believing in Jesus Christ. That's a paraphrase of that verse. But look at what it says in Romans chapter eight, verses one and two. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus, and because you belong to Him. The power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of the sin that leads to death. At the end of the day, that's why we need to rejoice when we talk about Jesus Christ. He died on the cross for us. He paid the penalty of sin for us. The penalty of sin that we could not pay. We could not pay that sin. And yet, he paid that sin uh, penalty for us. And he is worthy of our praise because of what he has done. That's because... When we read in John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, it says, God loved the world so much he gave his son, so that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. <clears throat> and at the end of the day, and he does not want to condemn us. He wants us to enjoy his salvation. And that's what we need to understand. And so when we look at any and personal encounters with Jesus Christ that we have, whether it's in prayer, <clears throat> pardon me, or whether he's speaking to us, we need to understand that he loves us. He wants us to be comfortable. He doesn't want us to be complacent. He wants us to focus on serving him, uh, looking to him, going after him, allowing the Spirit to lead in our lives. And he wants us to be able to live in such a manner where at the end of the day, when we've served our lives, we can say, well done. He can say, well done, good and faithful servant. And that's what we want. There's no condemnation. For those who belong to Christ Jesus. And John chapter 3 verse 17 says that. Same thing. He didn't come to condemn the world. He came in order that the world might be saved through him. That's John 3.17. Please always remember that. Please stay focused on that. This study is going to show you the true Jesus. Who he is. His character. And of course what he is doing is mirroring the character of God himself. Um, and that's what we need to see and understand as well, too. He truly does love us. And what I want to just caution everybody on as well, too, is that 
don't pretend to be something that you're not. I, I, this, this comes to mind because a lot of people go to church or go to their own churches, whatever it is, and they will pretend to be this great person or this wonderful person that is close to the Lord. And what they do outside of church is shameful. And we need to make sure that we are living a life of consistency before Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Don't pretend to be something that you're not. God knows the real you. He knows who you are. You can't fool him. We've heard that old saying about you can fool some of the people some of the time, but you can't fool mom. Well, you can just take the word mom out of there and put Jesus in there. You can fool some of the people some of the time, but you can't fool Jesus. Jesus knows exactly who you are. He wants to know who the real real you, the real you. He wants you to know the real you, and he wants you to follow him and trust him and trust his word. And I hope that you can see that because that's what was being conveyed here in the passage in John chapter 1, uh, verse 47. Let's go back to that and take a look at John 1, 48. How do you know me? How do you know about me? Excuse me, Nathaniel said. Jesus replied, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. Then verse 49, then Nathaniel exclaimed, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, the King of Israel. Jesus asked him, do you believe this just because I told you I had seen you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than this. And then comes verse 51, which just kind of will blow... It, it goes beyond what you would expect in a conversation like that. He says, then he said, I tell you the truth, you will all see heaven open and the angels of God going up and down on the Son of Man, the one who is the stairway between heaven and earth. Now you have to read that very carefully and, and understand where that's coming from. He is giving a precursor about what this ministry, what this reason of this calling was all about. He is letting them know that he is indeed the Messiah. Yes, he is affirming that. He is not denying that. He is affirming that in the statement in verse 50. You will see greater things than this. Now, turn your Bibles and electronic devices to Genesis chapter 28. We're going to look at Genesis 28, and we're going to look exactly at where Jesus was referring to um, it's, it's actually Jacob. We're going to start at verse 10. Um, you can go ahead and leave, just leave 12 in there. That's fine. Uh, uh, just to keep the, my bride from going bouncing around here. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Genesis chapter 28, verse 10. Remember what verse 51 says. I tell you the truth, back in John chapter 1, verse 51. You will all see heaven open and the angels of God going up and down on the Son of Man, the one who is the stairway between heaven and earth. Now, this is coming directly from a reference to Jacob's dream. Here in Genesis 28, Jacob had a dream. We're going to start reading in verse 10, but we'll pick up at verse 12 where the dream takes place. Meanwhile, Jacob left Beersheba and traveled toward Haran. At sundown, he arrived at a good place to set up camp and stopped there for the night. Jacob found a stone to rest his head against and lay down to sleep. I'm trying to imagine any stone that... <laughs> That you can put your head on. Well, you know what? You did what you had to do back in the day. Amen. Verse 12. As he slept, he dreamed of a stairway that reached from the earth up to heaven. And he saw the angels of God going up and down the stairway. 
At the top of the stairway stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, I am the Lord, the God of your grandfather Abraham, and the God of your father Isaac. The ground you are lying on belongs to you. I am giving it to you and your descendants. Verse 14, your descendants will be as numerous as the dust of the earth. They will spread out in all directions to the west and the east, to the north and the south. And all the families of the earth will be blessed through you and your descendants. Verse 15, what's more, I am with you and I will protect you wherever you go. One day I will bring you back to this land and I will not leave you until I have finished giving you everything I have promised you. Verse 16, then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I wasn't even aware of it. But he was also afraid and said, what an awesome place this is. It is none other than the house of God, the very gateway to heaven. Mark that, the very gateway to heaven. The next, next morning, Jacob got up very early. He took the stone he had rested his, his head against, and he set it upright as a memorial pillar, and he poured olive oil over it. He named the place Bethel, named that place Bethel, which means house of God, although it was previously called Luz. Verse 20, then Jacob made this vow, if God will indeed be with me and protect me on this journey, and if he will provide me with food and clothing, and if I return safely to my father's home, then the Lord will certainly be my God. And this memorial pillar I have set up will become a place of, for worshiping God, and I will present to God a tenth of everything he gives me. That, the town Luz became the town of Bethel, and that's what uh, we're having there. That's the end. The verse is just so yeah. you know. <laughs> a little bit more of that, right? I know. Sorry about that. I didn't give you a heads up on that. But I wanted to cover all of that to make sure that you understand what Jesus was referring to in verse 51. Now, you've got to use common sense here if you are a believer. Jacob's dream was a dream about God, uh, and this staircase, the representation uh, a staircase, was that uh, he is indeed the staircase that goes up and down that the angels will go. And it's, it's, a, it's a dream. It's not literal, but it is meant to represent something that Jesus indeed is the very stairway, the gateway to heaven. You've heard the terminology stairway to heaven, gateway to heaven. It's the very terminology that we need to understand when we talk about the importance of Jesus Christ and his mission on earth. His mission was to show people his truth, show people that he indeed was the Messiah, show people that he was the one that they needed to trust in. He was the one that would be the, the one who would provide the gateway to heaven the stairway to heaven and he's giving this information for the disciples the ones that are they're brand new just being called into ministry that he indeed is that stairway that's what he is saying here in the passage he's giving that representation and he's pulling from this passage in genesis chapter 28 about jacob's dream and notice it's a dream it's a dream god speaks to us in dreams everybody you know that's something that's very very clear it's been it's happened numerous times in scripture where uh, a dream will take place and and god will speak to us through the dream uh one of our seminars that we had talked about how god speaks to us and there's many different ways that he does it but certainly he speaks to us through his word but he also speaks to us through dreams as well too and that's what was being conveyed to jacob uh in this passage in genesis 28 and it, we, but we need to understand and see that the 
unique God-man Jesus is going to be the ladder. It's going to be the ladder, call it Jacob's ladder, uh, between heaven and earth. Staircase, you know, is representing a staircase. Staircase, right? Um, Jesus is going to be was going to be for the disciples for them to see the ladder between heaven and earth. Heaven is a real place. Amen. Heaven is a real place. It's a place for all of us uh, in these bodies that we're in right now to look forward to, because that is where we will meet Jesus in heaven. That's the place that's promised for us when Jesus speaks of it. I have a place prepared for you. Um, as for the believer, of course, uh, prepared for you, uh, where you can reside and be with him. And Jesus is not saying it's going to be a physical experience. Um, but we're going to be seeing different things, obviously, in the ministry later on, too, including the transfiguration that takes place um, much later on in Jesus' ministry, right before he does go to the cross. But they're going to have the disciples are being told here in this particular passage they're being told that they're going to have spiritual insight into jesus's true nature and purpose for coming of course he's the physical man but he's also fully god and that's exactly what nathaniel is just exclaiming in john chapter 1 verse 49 he is saying that because he believes that that's Jesus who is the Messiah. He believes that's the Son of God. He's the one that was foretold. He was the one that was done. Now, let me give you something else as a clue here, too. You understand that Nathaniel is saying words that he may or may not completely understand, but that's exactly what he's being done, what is happening here. And Jesus is giving him insight into who he is. And so we need to understand that. We need to understand what's happening. Um, there's only so much that can be done here as far as conveying who Jesus is initially because they have to learn about him over time. They have to kind of take Jesus in doses here. And we know that the disciples are going to scuffle uh, with this whole thing. Um, he's going to scuffle with this whole thing. And they have to see the goodness of who Jesus Christ really is all the way after a couple of years of ministry. And then finally, when the Spirit is breathed on him by Jesus himself after he went to the cross, after he came back. So this is just the beginning of phase. May you, as a new believer, recognize who Jesus is today and recognize that you still have much more to learn. May you, as a seasoned believer, a person who has been with Christ for, for a long time, you are still learning more about Jesus Christ. You are still learning more about the challenges of living in a world today where your faith is always being challenged. You're living in a world that opposes Christ by all accounts. Uh, people who hate Jesus, hate God, would much rather uh, live in such a manner where uh, they would rather be disobedient, frankly, and they'd rather live in such a manner where they uh, don't want to pay attention to Jesus. They'd rather live in their own ways. They'd rather live in their own foolishness. And we've seen warnings about that in the Psalms and the Proverbs of people who live in such a manner that they need Jesus. They need Jesus. That, that's, that's the most important thing. We need to pray for those individuals who are scuffling with their life. We need to pray for people who are having a hard time. 
I noticed in the timeline about uh, Marquetta needing prayer, and, and I'm going to stop and pray right now for her because it's in line with what we're talking about right now, too. Lord, I pray right now that you just indeed uh, touch Marquetta and her uh, personal situation. I pray, Lord, that you just remove all the stress from her life right now. She needs to turn completely to you and allow you to take over. I pray, Lord, that you do that right now. I pray that everyone who is within the sound of my voice also understands and recognizes that without you, Lord, you are there's nothing that we can do on our own strength. We need you to be able to accomplish so many different things. We are dependent upon your word. We are depending upon your teaching through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we need that teaching right now. And we pray, Lord, again for Marquetta that you just touch her body, touch her mind, touch her in such a place where she just wants to live for you and not allow the stress of the world to overcome her. Lord, only you can do that. And I pray, Lord, that you answer this prayer right now. And, Lord, we give you thanks and praise. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We need to be in the Word. Amen. We need to listen to Jesus and how he speaks to us. We need to be sensitive to his voice. Uh, I have a future message coming about listening to Jesus speak to us. And we just saw a way that he speaks to us through dreams. But I think we just need to just really focus on the Lord Jesus Christ in this world where, honestly you're doing yourself a huge disservice if you focus on all of the hate, all of the uh, the craziness, all the foolishness, all the poor behavior. Jesus wants you to camp out with him right now and stay with him and not allow those things of the world to overcome you because you already have the victory. You already have the victory in Jesus. You already have a life of victory in Jesus Christ. And many times we struggle with accepting victory and taking the win. And that's something that we all have to do. We've got to make sure that we understand that I don't care what's going on in the world today. I don't care what's happening in your families. I don't care what's going on in your life. You may not like all the things that are happening, but at the end of the day, Jesus walks with you everywhere you go. And you need to trust in him uh, for your life, your health, your protection. He indeed will deliver you. Um, he gives us ways to cope, no question. Um, for those of us who have been through depression before, we've taken medication to help us to balance those things out. But God is the one who has to uh, make those things work, and those things are available for us to work for the purpose of helping us to cope. We read in the Psalms all the time about how David was depressed, how David went through stress, how David struggled mightily, and yet he turned to the Lord Jesus Christ for forgiveness when he sinned against him and also for peace and comfort when people were chasing after him wanting to kill him. We have examples in scripture of how to live. We just need to be very, very much in tune to those examples and know that those examples all apply to us as well too. And that is so important for us to see, everybody. So as the disciples are learning about who Jesus is, Jesus is preparing them that great things are coming, even greater things are coming than what you realize right now. And we may we live that way too. Greater things are coming. There are things for us to look forward to. There are things for us to see and understand. And we need to make sure that we are paying attention to that very thing. Jesus' true nature and purpose for coming will be revealed as we go through this study. And I pray that he is being revealed to you every day 
as you read and study scripture, as you stay in prayer before him. Prayer? You're praying every day. You're praying, First Thessalonians 5.17, you pray without ceasing. Pray continuously. Pray continually. And that's the way we should be. And if you're, suff- if you're scuffling with life, the first thing you should be doing is just stopping and praying. If you're scuffling and just stay in prayer all day long, you will recognize the peace of God as you go. He wants you to experience his peace. He wants you to experience his comfort. May we all live in such a manner where we recognize what he's teaching us here. You will see heaven open and the angels of God going up and down on the Son of Man, the one who is the stairway between heaven and earth. And may we all recognize that Jesus has our lives in his hands. He has our very souls in his hands. Not one of us is going to be taken away out of his hand. If we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, he has us. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for your teaching. We thank you for giving us understanding about your goodness. We thank you for the promises you made to us. We thank you for what you say in, the, in Romans chapter 8, verse 1 about how you indeed have overcome death for us. You are the reason why we have life after death. Life with you. A life where we can be with you, have fellowship with you. Lord, I pray that you continue to encourage us and teach us with your word. Lord, I pray that you give everyone within the sound of my voice the desire to open up your word and read it every day. And stay in the word. And stay in prayer. Lord, we sometimes gravitate to those things that are like bad news or negative news when they really don't help us. We know what the reason for the negative news is or the bad news is that we're in Satan's domain. May we put on the armor of God readily at every given moment to make sure that we withstand what Satan puts up against us. We know we have the victory already over death. We have the victory over sin because of you. You're the one that gives us what we need to be able to function in a world today where, Lord, many people hate you. But, Lord, we love you because you first loved us. And we thank you for that love. We thank you for the understanding, and we thank you for your teaching. We thank you for your encouragement. We thank you that we can move about each day and move about with the knowledge that you love us, Lord, and you want us to tell others about how good you are, how good you've been to us. I pray, Lord, that you help us in this area. Many of the people of the church are struggling right now. Not just our church, but other churches as well. I pray, Lord, that you minister to them. I pray that you provide that cup of cold water for them. I pray that you give them that covering, the blanket of peace. And I pray that you affirm them as they go. I thank you for what you're doing to help us along day by day. I thank you for helping us to be able to be effective ministers for you day by day. 
I pray, Lord, that you just be with us as we go. We give you thanks and praise. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, everyone, for another edition of Livestream Sunday School. We have a lot of requests for prayers there. And for those of you who are online, make a note of the people who have asked for prayer and pray for them after we leave the broadcast today. Don't forget about them. Keep them in prayer. That's what the church should do. Pray for each other. Amen. Um, and that's just a great reminder. We, we are a church. We are the body of Christ. We are indeed in service for the Lord Jesus Christ. And we help each other who are in need of help. And we thank you for that reminder, too. God bless you all. Take care of yourselves. Stay tuned online for Pastor Gus's message um, that follows right here on the timeline for Akron Fellowship. But we appreciate all of you. We love all of you for being here. Stay in prayer all day long. And we'll see you guys in Akron later on for those of you who are going down to church. Take care of yourselves. God bless you. We'll see you next time.